I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown. I'm Rebecca Hudson and this week I'm joined by Rebecca Ryan, founder and campaign director of conservative grassroot activist group Stand Up For Brexit. Hello and welcome. Hello. I'm so sorry, it's sad that you didn't bring your puppies with you. She's got two baby pugs. <laughs> They're called Boris and Winston. Are you serious? Are. Oh. Of course they are. Oh my gosh, we didn't even line that up. Oh my gosh. Oh, I would have put us in such a better mood if there'd been two pugs sniffing around our ankles. Um, and also welcome back to Paul Baldwin, who prorogued the podcast last week because uh, he was on holiday, but he's back here today. Hello. Yes, it was Void and uh, what was it? Yeah. yeah. Yes, but we're back. Blank paper. Yeah. And down the line in Brussels, we have Europe editor Joe Barnes. Hello. Hello. Okay, we have 36 days to go until Brexit and an hour and a bit, uh, thank you, John Burko, until our MPs return to the Commons after the mega Supreme Court ruling yesterday. So we've got lots to get through. I can't see anyone in here wearing a diamond tea spider brooch, though. <laughs> Uh, out, apparently. <laughs> yeah, uh, so next week that's what we'll all be wearing um, and we're ready to begin. Okay, so a quick run through of yesterday for the uninitiated. Lady Hale, president of the UK's highest court, announced the unanimous judgment, that's all 11 judges, uh, that Parliament has not been prorogued and that Johnson's decision to advise the Queen to prorogue Parliament for five weeks was unlawful, void and with no effect. Yeah, mic drop moment. Has justice been served? Was this the beauty of our judiciary holding Boris to account after his megalomaniacal, you try and say it, abuse of power? <laughs> or was this a constitutional coup designed by a political court to steal Brexit from 17 million people? As Jacob Rees-Mogg said last night. Rebecca, over to you. Uh, well, I think the view from the grassroots certainly is sort of complete dismay that this has been, um, you know, the establishment... Um, wanting to do whatever it can. I mean, they, even Lord Sumption this morning has said on the Radio 4 Today programme that they, they had to create a new law in order to find the prorogation unlawful. Um, so, <clears throat> so yeah, it seems that they've they've uh, twisted and turned and torn apart the, uh, you know, our un, unwritten constitution um, in order to, to do what they can to try and Block Brexit. Do you really do you really think that that it was a kind of that it is yeah this kind of coup of coup, coup of millionaire yeah. millionaires and lawyers etc to completely prevent Brexit or do you think it was just a very uh, kind of a, a way of us kind of you know strengthening the representative democracy we have that Parliament can't be suspended without a half decent reason? Well, I don't think they've, there's never been a finding against a prorogation yeah. um, at all in this in this country. But that's country. what makes it even so, more remarkable. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay, Paul, what do you think? I think it's, I think we're even deeper into the uh, Brexit quagmire, uh, and we are day by day, and it's very difficult to make a uh, kind of knee jerk reaction to this. But I think the only thing that is, uh, two things are clear. One is that we are now America, and our Supreme Court has decided that it is above Parliament, um, with the slightly more dangerous caveat that at least in America they have the decency to elect their Supreme Court and their politics are there for everyone to see. Whereas well, no, the Supreme Court is nominated by the executive, isn't it? Our judiciary here have, well, their politics are clear. 
That's that's the point, really. <coughs> they're vetted. Right. Um, they're balanced. Whereas okay. we have to mm. we have to believe that somehow the eleven judges in the Supreme Court are somehow above politics and and uh, have no political allegiance or sway whatsoever. And I'm with Aristotle on this: that man and indeed woman is, are <laughs> political animals, <laughs> and everyone has a political opinion. And and to pretend otherwise is just uh, is mad nonsense. Mm. But hasn't it actually? It's now it's freed this it's freed the, mechani- the mechanics of Parliament up to now deliver Brexit, but not the No Deal Brexit that I think that wasn't on the ballot three years ago. New like No Deal Brexit has become kind of the buzzword super recently after people like Rebecca and your organisation didn't like Theresa May's deal. But no deal Brexit kind of wasn't, it wasn't what we were, we weren't talking about that in June 2016. So isn't this just about enabling the government to deliver a deal for Brexit, which is what, which is what the, which is I what it was all about. I think the main problem with that is, I mean, I actually stand up for Brexit and all of the MPs that have, have signed up for it have never been looking for, for no deal. It's only up and sort of after we didn't leave on the 29th of March that people started to say, actually, we need to be fully prepared for no deal. Mm. Um, otherwise, you know, the EU aren't going to move if it's not looking like a realistic threat that we're going to leave with no deal. So we have to be, you have to be fully prepared to walk away from something in order to get the best possible deal. Yeah, but we probably should have done that at the beginning of the negotiations, right? Like kind of halfway through being like, oh, by the way, like I know we've been trying really hard to do this, but we do we don't need you. Like it's just It's a I, bit I, of a remainer <laughs> red herring that because when you vote in a general election, you don't know what policy is gonna come three years down the line. Mm. Well you, you vote, do you vote, vote for a, a manifesto. No, you, no, but you don't know. You absolutely do not know what in the next four or five years that policy is gonna do. You don't because they probably don't. So what you're voting for is a principle and it's the same it's the same thing. And to say that, oh, we didn't know everything. Well, how long is the question going to be think, if I there's think, a second referendum? Yeah. How long is the question going to be? How detailed is it going to go into every bit of minutiae? Because that will be a 500-page document because we've seen it. Mm. right? And it's, I think, it's, the, I think the, 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 the view that <clears throat> people who voted to leave didn't vote for no deal, I think is you know completely wrong. If you, if you think about all of the project fear that was pumped out through the, through the original referendum campaign, the people who voted to leave knew exactly what, you were like how belligerent they would be and they mm. knew it wouldn't be easy and people say in the main campaign they said you know it, it's going to be a straightforward deal and it should it should be possible to have a straightforward deal technically because we were already aligned um but leavers knew <laughs> what the eu's like that's why we voted <laughs> to leave you know we didn't think they were going to be you know yeah. this lovely friendly organization that said we, we, was was going to make it easy for us but they sat out with the, but the eu have always been clear that they wanted a deal we wanted to deal until sort of a couple of months ago. So I think they, you know, the idea that the EU went into this with bad willing, I, I, I don't necessarily buy. Joe, what well, do you think? Sorry, oh. yeah, Joe. Um, on the context of the European Union's always wanted a deal, and Boris has always wanted a deal. He's made that clear. He might have told the likes of Mark Francois and uh, Ian, Ian Duncan Smith that he didn't uh, privately he before he was, became <laughs> Prime Minister. But he has never told anyone... Um, that he doesn't want doesn't want to leave with no deal. He just says we will leave on October the thirty first. But um, I think that date has now been discarded and thrown on the scrap heap of other Brexit dates. Yeah, I think um, you're right, Joe. I just don't see us leaving on the thirty first of October anymore. There just isn't time. How also, did? Can, can I just? Yeah. Uh, I just remember somebody somewhere down the line saying uh, no deal is better than a bad deal. So we haven't always wanted a deal. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> happened to her? Though? What happened to, yeah. <laughs> Look what, look at what she's up to. And she's just drinking gin and tonics. At the skipping through uh, wheatfields yeah. as we speak here. Yeah. Um, Joe, how did the kind of theatre of politics, kind of, how was it received in the by the good people of Brussels yesterday? What did they think when they watched 
all the chaos, like Boris delivering that weird AI speech in New York and coming back and Burko was standing in the rain. It was like a it was like well, pathet- that, that, pathetic that fallacy. Exactly the political theatre and chaos has again all dark rain clouds, not the ones that were flooding Liverpool Street Station yesterday, but um, <laughs> some someone sort of described Nature's it as metaphor. Yeah, it was like a GCSE yeah, yeah, creative yeah. writing <laughs> job. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, it's now a very bleak mood in Brussels. Um, they mm. see, basically, they see it as MPs have always voted for what they don't want. So they've taken no deal off the table, but they've never told Brussels what they want. And now MPs have been brought back into the equation that's going to hamper Boris Johnson trying to do a deal with the European negotiators. So it's just an added element of uncertainty, an element of chaos that, again, just adds to the quagmire. We're not leaving on the 31st, are we? Yes, we are. No, 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 no. We're back in yes. something you don't, Paul. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm all ears. I absolutely am. But I just see this coming. So we're going to, you think we're going to leave the 31st of October, no deal, out we go. WTO, not no, no No, no, not necessarily no deal. Rebecca, where's the time coming yeah. from? What? <laughs> all deals are made at five minutes past midnight oh, on the but... deadline. Um, we, we, we shall see. We shall see. But I think we I think we have to leave on the 31st of October, otherwise the Conservative Party's finished. Well, to get there, we still need Boris in power. We don't, you know... There's so many things we need, we need so many consistencies to how leave. Do, how do you think they're going to get rid of Boris? I mean, can't we have a vote of no confidence today if Jeremy Corbyn's worth is only if Boris calls it himself? No, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Corbyn, Corbyn will never vote. We'll never call. It's not in his interest, is it? Because he will end up with a reduced. Boris might resign. He might get a kind of light. He might be str- his play might be struck by lightning as he comes back <laughs> over the Atlantic today and kind of have a. But a again, mind, that, that a mind just, moment and decide he actually probably, needs to resign. Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't that just put Dominic Raab in number 10 by default if Boris actually resigned? Um, Dominic Raab? As, yeah. as the, the, the first Secretary of State, he would, I believe, have the right to go to the Queen and say, can I carry on the arrangement that we've currently got? And she'd be like, no. <laughs> I've heard enough. I should have been in the Queen, the Crown. I should have been in the Crown. That was. She'll say no. I want that Jeremy Corbyn. He's so much nicer. Um, we've jumped ahead. We have jumped ahead. Um, well, the second point, apart from the um, we become America, is that uh, what is also clear is that the the um, the will of the people has completely drifted off the agenda, and it is is not of any concern at all. The 17 million people who, who voted to leave has now become such a minor, minor detail among the great and the good who are, who are squabbling among themselves. Um, it, it's it's quite dark days for democracy for me. That <coughs> Rebecca's nodding. Do you, is that kind of what you feel from like, the grassroots element of what you do? Oh, absolutely. That... I mean, the, the reaction on, online um, has been huge against what happened yesterday. And we've seen, I mean, there's been some vox pops. Um, of, of members of the public who have just this this anger is just sort of really like bubbling under the surface there, and I think you know people are really starting to see that you know, and I think not only is it the the, the Supreme Court has done this, it's how did it get to the Supreme Court? You know, how did this? Mm. How, it, how it do you, as a volumes. normal person, you know, yeah. have your say heard against Gina Miller, who yeah. has all of these huge you know huge backers, mm. and she's able to get it to where it is? In some ways, it speaks volumes for our, uh, democracy that one. Uh, albeit very rich woman can uh, stymie the um, the sort of beliefs of seventeen million. There's actually three amazing <laughs> women yesterday. Solidarity <laughs> with who was it? Robert Peston. A trio of extraordinary women changed the course of British politics. Gina Miller, Joanna Cherry, and Lady Hale. It was a great day for girl power, wasn't it, Rebecca? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. 
I, I, <laughs> it's hard not to like Lady Hale. I have to say, she's I think she comes across as like super grand. Brenda, Brenda, <laughs> Brenda, Brenda. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She's from Yorkshire. She I is from Yorkshire. Yeah, a, fa- a grammar school in Yorkshire. No, you're not from Yorkshire. Though, no, no, no. Just... We uh, we we hate people from Yorkshire unless uh, the Southerners are attacking the North, and we love people from oh, Yorkshire. It's very complex. <laughs> enemy's of, enemy uh, is your friend. <laughs> or um, okay, Joe. As someone kind of on the ground and maybe more sensible today, what do you what are you thinking about the looming Brexit deadline? Is it something? Is it going to happen? Rebecca's Rebecca's here um, saying at five to midnight it'll all be sorted. Do you, do you remember a few weeks ago I had the rant about people being truthful in the Brexit process? It yeah. Comes yes. To it. Yeah. You, it you went viral. Do, I, I hope it did. You can't do Brexit in the timescales available with or without a deal because either way, if you agree to walk away on the 31st of October, you're leaving what potential chaos and disruption there could be in the yeah. run-up to Christmas. That's a vote loser. Yeah, yeah. So even the EU will suggest a short, kind of maybe a six, seven-week extension and I'm, Boris would accept it. Um, Parliament's outlawed no deal, so even if he tries to, would it be unlawful, I guess, again, to go, go through that? Makes it difficult. And even if we do strike a deal before the 31st of October, it's going to take a, a period of time to ratify it, um, yeah. get, go through the Commons, through the European Parliament. So it is not leaving on the 31st of October. And I, 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 someone just has to tell the truth, really, again. You're absolutely like, right. That's, yeah. why Rebe- that's why Rebecca's here. <laughs> um, so, Rebecca, would you rather... No, but it's... It, it, it's people like Boris um, who are lying to the Conservative faithful by saying we can still do it. And it's just, it's, it can happen, but the chances are so, so minuscule that it's just going to grow to this added discontent in British politics at the moment. And to take Brexit away from it... Is like, it time to manage the expectations, out- do you think? Yeah, from, from, from the outside, the country just looks so divided. Yeah. Like you've got people laughing at us. Yeah. You have, Who's like, laughing at us? I beg you. Who's <laughs> laughing? <laughs> Who? Like Europeans. Europeans. No, oh, they've been laughing at us for years. That's, That's why, why we voted leave. <laughs> I think if we're not careful as well, this this does not end well. The and, last y- time... and yet we're still the number one um, country for in- inward investment, aren't we? So they're not laughing that hard. No. Well, if they're laughing but... and investing, we're, we're okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe. That sounds like pity no. donations. <laughs> food parcels well, over soon. I mean, I was going to say the last time I felt this kind of anger on the, on the streets almost was um, when Mrs. Thatcher tried to force the poll tax on everybody. Uh, different politics, different times, mm. but that ended up not well. That ended up in riots, proper riots. And if we're not very careful, this could start spilling out into proper civil unrest. What do you do? You think that other people have stand up for Brexit? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We, we I get a, an, an awful lot of emails every day saying, you know, when are we going to go out and protest, and when when can we, you know, wh- what's going to be organised? I mean, the thing is, stand up for Brexit is is not that kind of group. We're a sort of uh, a pressure group, you know, that we have MPs that are signed up to. It's it, it's 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 more on those lines. We're not a sort of come out on the streets and protest. I you mean, are not extinction rebellion. Is that <laughs> what you mean? You're not going to be lying down in waitrose or whatever and clinging onto Remainer's ankles. <laughs> Certainly not. No, I, I, but so. Making jam for Brexit or something like that would be a kind of slightly more <laughs> middle yeah, class kind of uh, bunting for Brexit. <laughs> These are just some ideas. Absolutely. I don't know. Wait, I, I, <laughs> just toss them out. Thanks, there, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but so I think, but there obviously there are many other Brexit campaigns where they must be getting the same feedback as well who do, you know, organise, you know, um, protests or what have you. Mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it does um, take to the streets. Yeah. Would you so would you rather we leave on the thirty first of October without a deal, or is there is there any kind of period and that would be if acceptable you, to you? And uh, like, what would be the ideal scenario? I, I have like, to leave it. We have to leave on the thirty first without, October. even though you didn't want, to, you don't want to leave without a deal, really. Uh, the thing is, if, if you, you, it, if you, you have to be prepared to leave without a deal in order to get a good deal. If you say we'll accept any extension or we will accept any deal because we won't accept no deal, then you, I mean, the, the rules of negotiation are that. If you if you say that you will you know, you'll accept anything, which essentially that does, you will have to get a bad deal. I mean, if I'm negotiating with you and you're giving me a price for something, I have to. I mean, you're you're morally obliged as the negotiator to give them the worst possible deal because you know they're not going to walk away. Mm. That's kind of the basic fundamentals of negotiation. So you have to be able to prepare, to be able to you know be prepared to walk away in order to get a decent deal. And so a, a three month to thirty first of January, say, get everyone's Christmas out of the way, and then it's like, and then we leave on. Um, I don't think there's going to be a problem for Christmas. What's the problem for Christmas? We all eat root vegetables at Christmas. There's not a lot of lettuce hanging around. <laughs> he does not eat a nut roast bread. Look at him. Paul Baldwin is not... He, he's I not a root vegetable. Yeah, maybe one's a point for an experiment, We're we stereotyping here. We've got loads what? of, you know, <laughs> fresh meat, a, turkey he over a, here. He has an appetite for corn chicken. Lettuce. That's my favourite kind. We can do without lettuce. No, but you know, oh my, you know, no, no, insulin, coffins, body bags. No, 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 no. The main manufacturer of insulin has already said that there would be absolutely no problem. I think that's just more project fear. No, oh, it was Yellow Hammer. It was leaked by the. By the no, 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 no. The Yellow Hammer is not. Yellow Hammer is like a, it's a planning document where you say this is what the potential worst possible things that could happen, and then we plan against them. So that's the, that's like the basic document that you then make contingencies yeah, against. But if it's like we might not be able to give people with sort of serious mental health conditions and medication they need to say today. No. I mean, maybe we just say, let's wait a while and sort it out. I don't know. <laughs> it can't It can't be Brexit at any cost, can That's, it? No, the, the, the health secretary's already said that they've got contingency plans in place. Matt Hancock. Hancock. Yeah, he, he's got yeah. an app, probably. Has he? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of freezers and fridges that he's bought. Um, but no, I, no, I think we, we, need, we need to go for it. You can't just keep kicking the can down the road. Okay, so my next question was going to be general election. Does the mood music feel like maybe we're heading to one of those? But you... Oh, I said, yeah, we need a general election. What, before the 31st of October? Where's this, I, where's this time coming from? <laughs> I, I feel like, what no, calendar no, no. are you using? Not the Gregorian calendar. I, we could just start now. Just... You could barely book a holiday the time that we've got left. Oh, don't bring up holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going no, to. No, you certainly can't have, book a holiday, can you? Too many people know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you what? certainly can't negotiate the exiting of a nation state from a supranation state in, in uh, you know, three weeks or whatever, 36 days. Have 36 we got? days. Yeah. But the thing is, there's, oh. a lot, there's an awful lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, and rightly so, because you can't negotiate in full view of, you know, the UK media to Potentially yeah, the most, no, the most, the most sort of reactive, yeah. argumentative media yeah. in the world. Finest, but you know, <laughs> reactive. Um, so you know, we don't. No, nobody really knows what's going on in Number Ten and what the negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the truest thing yeah, that's ever been said on yeah, the podcast. That's a retweet. <laughs> okay, so we're we're thinking you would you're up for a general election. You yes. think we've got time? You think we've got no time? You can't even book a holiday. Can't see it. Joe, what do you think about our chances of a general election? And do, does the Supreme Court decision inch us closer to one or put it further away? I think it puts the general election further away because they, they 
MPs are going to spend their time tussling over the Ben Amendment and the Ben Motion mm-hmm. legislation, Ben's Law, or whatever we're calling it these days, um, to stop No Deal because they're going they're going to want No Deal really taken off the table. But as I said, the only uh, constantly the only way to take No Deal off the table is either revoke Article 50 or sign a deal. Um, so at what stage they actually accept to a general election? Is it after we've agreed to a one-year extension, a six-month extension? Um, so June next year is kind of a muted, a muted time when the EU would um, want to gone by. Um, so that's really the question is to ask: is how that would be four years on, four today. years on, June that, next year. That would essentially yeah. be four years. Yeah. Good grief. Which leads one to the other thing. I know you've always mocked my position on the second referendum and, and feel it's somehow incompatible. It's just been hard to keep up with, I'll be honest. It's a difficult no, position no, I, to I, follow. I've always said it's a, it's a timescale thing. right? Um, you can't have a second referendum two weeks after the first one. Mm. But there is a, um, a timescale. You know, we've, we've decided where it used to be for minimum four years, but now five years between general elections. And that's enough time, we think, for the political landscape to shift, for you to change your opinion, should you need to. Mm-hmm. We're kind of almost there on the second referendum. And although it might stick in the craw of a few people, it would clear things up once and for yeah, all. Yeah, I feel like you can't drink almond milk four years on, so should you be able to <laughs> remove a... That was a reference for all our woke uh, non-dairy listeners. That's probably might way, be one of way them. over my head. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so maybe you can't, you know remove a country from an organization that's been an integral part for 40 years on you know maybe the maybe the, the validity of it expires what do you think rebecca i mean i know you're gonna i know you're gonna say <laughs> i don't think you can i don't think there's any movement i mean you can see in the poll if you, you have to look at polling in between times it's not just sort of one you know one step from general election to another there's no movement boris is you know despite everything that's going on boris is doing extremely well in the polls the conservative party yeah. is doing extremely well in the polls because of his position that he's taking mm. um so to say, okay, we're going to ask you all the same question again. You know, if if he was doing really badly, you could say, okay, maybe opinion has changed. But there's just no proof that opinions changed. He, he might be doing very well in the polls because if you put a overripe banana against Corbyn, most people would vote for the overripe banana. <laughs> it's the lack of opposition which uh, is is keeping Boris afloat, basically. I I don't think so. I don't think so because he's. I mean, well, then May would have done better, wouldn't she? I mean, it segues nicely <laughs> into what this means for Boris. I mean, listen to his, this is his CV for his first few weeks in, as Prime Minister. He lost his majority, his brothers resigned, he expelled Winston Churchill's grandson, and you're obviously a fan of him because you've got a pug named after him, not his grandson, <laughs> the, the man himself, was humiliated in Luxembourg. He lost Amber Rudd, who truly just kind of goes with anyone, despite what she says about being driven home at the end of the night. Uh, and then there's this kind of conflict of interest scandal over the weekend about his relationship with the ex-model Jennifer Arcuri. I mean, he's... And then yesterday, you know, his, his decisions are deemed unlawful. I mean... At what point do we say, maybe we can do a bit better? You know, the, you have a friend with a crap boyfriend and you just say, do you know what, babe? You better fight yourself or just <laughs> you can do better. You know, I just, I feel like, when does this country realise that we yeah, can maybe that's, do that's better? That's when than... you all say, yeah, but I love him. <laughs> I don't know that emotion, but yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like at what point are we like, come on, we're the United Kingdom. Like, do we not deserve maybe more than a buffoon in a suit? I don't know. Rebecca, what do you think? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Boris. Are you, are yeah. you truly? I, th- I think in, in, in unusual times, you need unusual people. Um, <laughs> he's very optimistic. He's uplifting. Um, and he just wants to get the job done. Um, I think, and despite whatever, I mean, I think all of this huge things that people say about him being, you know, racist, um, sort of just all of those things. I don't believe them for a second. He's an extremely liberal conservative. Rebecca. That Telegraph article, letterboxes, 
Yeah. It wasn't racist. No, it wasn't racist. Well, he was what? arguing for the right of Muslim women to be able to wear what they'd like to wear. Likening a vulnerable group in British society to a letterbox and enabling people who aren't sympathetic with them to use that kind of language. Do you not think that was an irresponsibility with that? He has apologised for the... Um, so it's Justin Trudeau, the... but it doesn't make this stuff okay, <laughs> does it? I think he's a problem. I think he's a problematic man. But uh, the optimism is carrying him. What on, do you think? Aren't all uh, MPs problematic people? Jess Phillips <laughs> isn't. They wouldn't do the job otherwise. How do you feel about Jess Phillips? Oh, she's potty mouth Phillips, you mean? She, well, so you, you've, got, you've got a mouth <laughs> on you as well. What do you think of Jess Phillips? Um, I used to quite like Jess Phillips. I think she's far... How she's behaving recently is just bringing far, far too much emotion into it. We need cool heads from our elected representatives at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's viewing it in a particularly sort of pragmatic way. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what reaction her constituents have to how she's yeah. been behaving, you know, at the next general election. Yeah. I think she's really interesting. Then did you read her interview in the Times at the weekend where she hasn't ruled out that she'd run for leader of the Labour Party? Uh, I didn't see the interview, but it doesn't yeah, massively yeah. surprise me. I mean, that just might be the direction that party needs. <laughs> well, a, a direction and, a, would yeah, be good. A direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A reverse, a parallel, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> matter. <laughs> Um, I don't know how we got onto this. Uh, Boris, so, so yeah, Boris remains un, is untarnished by the, I mean, the, you can be deemed unlawful, you can have the police called, or you can do all kinds of things, and apparently it's all fine. A little bit. It's a little bit, it's a little bit like Trump, isn't it? Um, politics is about personality, has been for decades. Mm. What do you think about the comparisons of Trump? Do you find that, do you think that's fair, or? <sighs> I think that um, potentially, I can see why there are some comparisons drawn, but I don't think they're, they're similar at all. Um, I don't mean people. politically, sorry, no. I, didn't, I didn't mean that. Yeah, I, mean, I meant in a Marmite kind yeah. of, you know, um, <laughs> love-hate kind of way. Yes, exactly, no. yeah. But I don't I don't really see much. No. Did you see Trump's sort of ringing endorsement of Boris yesterday? He said, I know him well, he's not going anywhere, says Donald Trump, the man who has just had impeachment proceedings well, he, launched he, against he, him. He also I mean. said uh, <laughs> it was a day like any other, which I thought, yeah, it was actually. He got a right mauling. And uh, yeah. his plans for Brexit got stymied even further. And uh, but, yeah, it was pretty much a day like continues. any other. But he continues, yeah, know, absolutely yeah. bananas. Joe, um, what are your th- What has this sort of, I don't imagine Boris has got particularly sort of, I don't think his popularity is pretty enormous in Brussels as it is, but do you think any of the events of yesterday would have sort of altered, weakened his position any further? Or is it just Teflon Boris again? Well, it's, it's definitely weakened my position um, when I want to become Prime Minister, because who's going to trust the Brussels correspondent as uh, Prime Minister? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such a good but, joke. That's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm well glad. done. I'm glad. I've been storing it up for years. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, on a, on a more serious note, I remember having a conversation um, before Theresa May had stepped down, but it looked very clear that she was stepping down. And someone told me, look, we always trust Theresa May was going through the right thing but we didn't ever trust her to deliver a deal. We don't trust Boris Johnson, but we trust he can deliver a deal. Yeah. But this chaos now going around him, it's, it's, the people are losing faith in him over here and his ability, because they, they see all of this, and whether it's hand up in the media or um, they just see him kind of bumbling around on television, getting shouted at by, a, by being chased out of um, the Luxembourg courtyard by a group of angry, angry Remain protesters. People see that and they go, actually... Is his stature and the ability to deliver a deal as big as he kind of told people he was, he was perceived at first? Um, so that's a question that's going over people. So now, like kind of speaking to people in the build-up of like in the build-up yesterday and kind of after the decision was made, they were like, actually, come on, do, what can we offer Boris now? And we know 
it'll get through. So Michel Barnier has been canvassing Labour MPs, um, Steve Kinnock and Caroline Flint, um, who are part of the MPs for a deal group, because they don't trust what Boris's team are telling him in terms of parliamentary numbers. So they're going to the Labour Party to say, actually, God, that bench Labour Party members, can we get a deal that's going to have you guys on board? So uh, the, the faith in Boris Johnson is waning desperately yeah. low and kind of uh, dead in a ditch in, in Brussels at the moment. Mm, that's what his wife said, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Yeah, quite. <laughs> Uh, Rebecca, fi- final thoughts. Where will we be in a week's time? What will have happened? Will he have prorogued Parliament again? Will he have resigned? Uh, will, it, will he have been shouted at by the I father of a desperately ill child? I mean, <laughs> he may have prorogued Parliament whilst we've been <laughs> on doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. God, I hope I mean, Hopefully we'll have had Conservative Party conference, which would mean... Are you we, going? We, 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 yes. We oh, have you have an, an event, event don't you, yes. on Monday? Yes, yeah, right. There's yeah. some talk of that actually not happening. The, the conference will go ahead, but whether or not MPs whether will, be there, will be there, whether the MPs Absolutely, will be there, yeah. Yeah. So who will it, what will it um, be? Oh, just be party members? And, well, they, yeah. This so, is the other oh, weird thing about this, no proroguing. Of course, a, a sort of de facto proroguing would have been in place anyway, because it's conference season. Yeah. And now everyone's pretending that they're all rushing back to Parliament like that's normal. It's not normal. It's completely abnormal. I mean, yeah, I mean, it stopped being normal ages ago. Oh <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so um, conference might go ahead. And what would you like to see come out of conference? Do you think he'll address uh, the, the, the uh, MPs that he expelled? Um, I don't... Which does include, for the record, Winston Churchill's grand, grandfather. <laughs> not Winston Churchill, it's Nicholas Stone. The closest we've got, <laughs> besides the pug, the closest we've got, truly. Uh, no, Stone, it, I'm sure he's a fine chap, he didn't win us the war, Ken did he? <laughs> I think the problem. I think the problem with the... the, the the rebel MPs is that they, you know, they voted to take power away from the government and hand it into the opposition. I think that, you know, that is a confidence issue. So I, I think the grassroots certainly feel, you know, that the right thing was done. I mean, it was a very popular decision um, amongst the grassroots. So um, I, I, I can't see that that will be something that needs to be issue. resolved at, at conference. Do you think no. your conference will be as chaotic as the Labour Party's conference was this last few days? <laughs> I mean, that was just the crazy weather in Brighton. Yeah. Tom Watson kind of surviving a drive-by shooting. The speeches, ch- I mean, it was pandemonium, wasn't it? Well, I think the fact that we're in Manchester again this year... Um, and, and with everything that's going on, there'd probably be quite a big mob outside, put it that way. But I don't know. I think it might be a sort of sea of calm inside the, 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 I think the, the, um, the safe area. <laughs> a safe space. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Labour conference felt yeah. like a Labour conference from 1984. Mm. It was, uh, I felt like a sort of deja vu. I've seen this before. The kind of, uh, you know, sub-Marxist um, sort of manifesto. But, I mean, <laughs> it was something... Kind of made sense, but you kind of thought I'd like to see the fag packet that the um, mm. the numbers for that were scribbled down on, and maybe uh, you know flesh them out a bit more. Yeah. But honestly, the, the the whole take of it was, and then the then the schools thing. Yeah. Oh, you, got, think, you got very upset about that. I got I very your, upset. About I saw your column sorry. on Express.co.uk. I got very upset about that because um, some of us who went to very poor state schools are very very angry with these uh, public school educated toffs who choose their left politics like they choose to eat couscous or something, <laughs> telling us how we should live our lives. And and after they've pulled the ladder up, um, mm. denying it to the rest of us, mm. it's um, it, it's very, very, very difficult to swallow that. And um, you know, as I say, there's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the schism at the heart of Labour, the, the old school proper Labour voters 
not not solely but largely in the north in big big northern heartlands and then the uh, the sort of noblesse oblige lefties the intellectual you know the lefty intelligentsia who want to tell us all how to live our lives even though they've lived lives of massive privilege yeah. that none of us can begin to you know but there's a lot of those in sort of you know um quinoa belt you know yeah. type type yeah. people who, yeah. who who are also sort of you know champagne socialists essentially i yeah. mean I, I know of a couple who are complete who were complete uh, Corbynistas. One of them works in a private school. The, the husband works in a private yeah, well, school, the, and the wife's out sort of part. protesting yeah. extinction rebellion every you know whenever they yeah. whenever they it's come nice to, town. to afford the time <laughs> to do that, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah. now you know, I straight away sort of message and find out what, where they're going to be voting now, and now oh, then they're going to have to go for the Lib Dems now because of this sort of private school, so, you know, side because yeah. he works there and their two daughters go there. So, um, um, you know, yeah. It, Bizarre. The Lib Dems are the ones to watch, aren't they now? I mean, at least we know what they stand for. That's always a good thing, but the numbers are still negligible. Well, that's it. And, like, yeah, and if you're kind of being outfoxed by the Lib Dems, you've got a big, <laughs> you've got a big problem, I'd suggest. Yeah. Um, okay, where do you think we'll be in a week, Paul? In a week, I think we'll be back here. And I think Boris will, will still be at the helm. I can't. He's just not the kind of guy to say, do you know what? You're all right and I'm wrong. I'm yeah. walking. Yeah, he's a winner. And I, I a winner. think he does mm. believe in what he's doing. And... Maybe he does have something up his sleeve. Doubt it, but maybe that we've not seen, and and it will pull off some sort of magic trick in the next thirty six days. I think. I think the, no. the, the thing to watch is the polls. What will happen after this? And I think what happened yesterday. I think it'll only go up for Boris. You know, they're they're just digging in deeper and deeper into establishment versus the people. Um, every time the establishment does something like this, Boris's ratings will go up. I and think why, why would a, he step down? That is a, a really um, salient point. Big point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's completely yeah, true. Definitely. Establishment yeah. versus the people. Yeah. Joe, what yeah. what about you? What are your what do you forecast from uh, the comfortable aisles of Europe? <laughs> um, I, I, I was horribly wrong with my um, suggestion last week. Which one? Um, that I thought it was. Going to, you mean I, you do I, know because you listened to last week's episode, despite not being on it? I would hope. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I said it was going to be a huge week, a huge week for Brexit this week, which um, because we had papers. We were pretty spot on for that. It has been a huge week. It just doesn't mean anything. That's what's so weird. One side of the um, spectrum I was on, the positive, I was trying to be positive, have a bit of faith. Um, but um, I really don't know where we go from here. Um, I guess we all eyes on Boris's party conference speech. Is he going to announce that he's going to throw the DUP under the bus and go the Northern Ireland only deal? Or is he going to. If he gets to the party conference, he might, have to, from the hat? might be Skyping it in from. Uh... Rebecca's shaking her head at that. You don't think, you think that the confidence supply agreement is safe? Well, I just don't think you, it's not. It's not about the confidence supply agreement. It's about the fact that you know the, the principle of we're a conservative and unionist party. Mm. You can't just say, "Oh, we're going to throw the unionists under the bus." I mean, they, they stand for you know an element of what we stand yeah. for, um, and you know to to separate. The, the Northern Ireland out from the rest of the UK. I just don't think it's acceptable to the Conservative Party, let alone... It's not acceptable to anyone, it's acceptable to the good people of Ireland or the EU. I mean, no, that's why we're it's still what, going, what, isn't it? It's just not OK. The question is now, what, what, the question is, what is more important? Um, is it Brexit more important or is it the Conservative and Unionist Party more important? Um, Theresa May made the mistake, I think, when she dug herself in to her ditch by making sure it was the party was the most... I don't yeah. think she had no. um, and she failed and she failed to deliver Brexit. So now is Boris uh, is Boris brave enough to take the decision that actually delivers Brexit? We've got a shaking of heads yeah. here. Mm. There's a lot of shade in this room. <laughs> Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca, come back come back on that. That's interesting. I don't think I don't think we could say that Theresa May had the Conservative Party um 
in her mind. The, the, the Conservative Party members and Conservative Party voter base have been pretty solidly sort of about 70%, you know, backing a proper Brexit. And that's not the Theresa May's Brexit at all. So she, she tore the party apart because we were essentially a, you know, a very um, loyal, well-behaved uh, party. And it, it's a big part of, of what we have to do in order to be a successful political party is to sort of hold together. Um, and she tore that apart because she was pushing this deal, which was deeply, deeply unpopular. Um, and if they try and bring back her deal, which has been sort of, you know, humiliated three times in Parliament, um, it would just be, I mean, that would be Boris's career over, wouldn't it? Do you I think mean, that would be it? Oh, if you, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there are elements, as you said, in the leadership campaign that, you know, that can be saved about sort of citizens' rights and what have you. There are there are sections, but there's a, there are huge problems with the deal as well. It's not just the backstop. and Those elements have to go. Um, well, but, but Boris has told European negotiators yeah. that everything is fine apart from the backstop. So yeah. um, the deal in its large entirety is coming back with only slight alterations to the backstop um, to make it palatable. Um, but essentially, it's the whole the whole deal is coming back to the table anyway. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad we resolved all that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think um, Rebecca, we've... thank you so much for coming in. You, I won't forgive you for me. not bringing in the punks. <laughs> I'll say it again. That would have been lovely. Next time, yeah. you have yeah. to bring them in. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Brexit The Final Countdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you click subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, you could always leave us a review.